Radio. This podcast contains adult content. Some of the themes or topics may include information on murder, kidnapping, torture, dismemberment, maybe some demonic content with information on positions and paranormal activity. This podcast will also include explicit, horrible, and foul, socially unacceptable, totally uninhibited, adult themes language. So if you're easily offended, if you're easily triggered, then I highly suggest you turn this off now. And if not, just keep in mind, parental discretion is advised. All right, today we're going to be talking about the unsolved murder of Perman Eugene Gilbert out of Ohio 1982, but before we do that, I do have to thank some new Patreon subscribers. We have Donna Smith, Dan Sikorsky, Melody Adams. I appreciate everybody's uh, contribution. I hope you're enjoying like the 70 episodes that we have on Patreon. I got all kinds of shit on there, paranormal I got, uh, you know, unsolved crimes, weird stuff, mystery stuff. I kind of skipped out on March, but April is about to get lit up over the course of the next week or two because I'm hitting Patreon with about six new episodes. I'm going to have four mini episodes and two full-length ones, so... But other than that, uh, for all you $10 tier Patreon subscribers, please get a hold of me so we can do our Skype calls or Zoom calls, whatever you guys want to do. You're uh, you're definitely entitled to that each month, so just email me or message me on Patreon or something, and uh, we can get those squared away. I do have some reviews to read after this as well, so yeah, I suppose with all that behind us, let's get on with the show. Today we're going to be talking about Perman Eugene Gilbert, and this is from Ohio, a town called Hammersville, out of Brown County, which is 1982. He was 46 years old. He had a wife named Joanne and four kids. Perman was an appliance repairman for GE for over 20 years. He fixed a lot of washers and dryers, stuff like that, and on the weekends he worked independently. So he would travel around um, fixing things in his spare time in neighboring towns and counties and stuff like that. From what everybody said, he was a really well-liked guy and didn't have any known enemies. And this is something that you want to remember. There's a lot of shit going on here for as short as an episode as it is. So on Saturday, May 22nd, 1982, he was kind of doing his independent thing because it was a weekend, and he had service calls in the surrounding area of Mount Oreb, Georgetown, and Aberdeen. Now, Aberdeen was about 40 minutes south, and it was the furthest one away, and you're going to hear a lot of different counties and towns in two different states, but I want you guys to know, like, this is southern Ohio. This is just right across the the Ohio River from Kentucky, all right? So his wife said that the morning he left, he was hesitant and he didn't really want to go, 
but he went anyway and he leaves home at about 8.30 a.m. that Saturday morning and he got into his service van which was a 1979 Ford Chateau Club van and he was going to go do his service calls and he was scheduled to be back at about 3 p.m. On May 23rd at 3 a.m., this is the following morning, so his wife, you know, she was waiting, she was waiting, and at 3 a.m., when he hadn't come home, she decides to call the authorities, and there's just no sign of this dude anywhere. So later that evening on May 23rd at about 6.20 p.m., a 15-year-old kid is mowing and finds a nude body in a ditch on Swoke Road, which is outside the town of Bethel, which is Claremont County. Now, this is two counties to the west. Claremont County is just to the east of Cincinnati. You have Cincinnati, and then right to the east, you have Claremont County, and then you have Brown County, and then you have Adams County. These are all going directly east. And then just to the south of those, you have Aberdeen, then the Ohio River, then Maysville, Kentucky. All right, so there's a little bit of map in your head for you, okay? Where his body was found was only about five to seven miles away from his home, and the body was ID'd later that night as being Perman Gilbert. Now, when they found his body, he was beaten, and he was shot twice in the chest with a thirty-eight caliber gun. There were no other marks on his body that suggest he was ever restrained. They also found no cloth fibers in the bullet wounds. And that does suggest that he had no shirt on when he was shot. Alright, so remember that. Now the coroner came along and he said that the time of death was probably around 10 hours before the body was found. So that would put the time of death around 8 to 9 a.m. on the 23rd. When they found the body, like I said, he was nude, no sign of clothes anywhere, and his van was nowhere even around. Now on the following day, May 24th, his van is found on the side of Ebenezer Road, which is a rural road in Adams County. And that's why I mentioned the, you know, where these counties are, okay? And this is about 22 miles east of where his body was actually found trying to map it out a little bit for you guys now when they find his van they notice that all the tools and supplies are still in the van and his watch is on the gear shifter up on the uh, column his clothes were nowhere in the van and he was wearing dark blue uniform pants light blue uniform shirt he had a name tag on his uniform shirt that said Gilbert, and then he had the GE emblem. By the way, for those of you who do not know, GE is General Electric. All right. He had uh, tan cowboy boots that were never found and a cowboy hat that was gone. And like I said, his clothes were never found. And then you also have his wallet and belt buckle that were never found. And the reason those two are important is because Herman was a Freemason. So his belt buckle and his wallet both had Masonic symbols on them. They go and they check the van. There are fingerprints and hair samples found in the van that do not belong to Perman. But they were also never matched to anyone else. Now to put this in perspective, Perman was six foot two, two hundred pounds. So in order to like beat this dude or anything of that nature when we start getting into the theories, okay, that's a pretty good sized guy. 
and I'm pretty sure this guy would also put up a fight. So we're possibly thinking more than one person in this scenario. Law enforcement started retracing his movements when they started investigating his death, and they found out that he completed all of his service calls with with no problems whatsoever. Now, after his last service call in Aberdeen, he went south, he crossed the Simon Kenton Bridge and went into Maysville, Kentucky. Now, he did not have a service call there, but people knew him there. He actually went there quite often. Now, depending on your source, just before noon or just after 1 p.m., he goes to Clyde's Super Value Grocery Store, located at 1200 Forest Avenue, and he buys a pack of cigarettes. The cashier in there at the time, a woman named Ann Breeze, said he was in a good mood and super polite, just like always. You know, he would stop in there often to get cigarettes. After he leaves the grocery store, he goes right next door to Carol Jean Flower Shop, and he goes in and he asks the woman working if there was a certain female employee that was working there that day. And supposedly this woman knew the kind of flowers that he liked to buy. The woman working in there said, well, she's not scheduled to come in until 4 p.m. So Perman said he would come back later and he left. And this is officially the last time he is seen alive. Literally, that's about all the information we have. There were no solid suspects. There were no solid leads. None of the evidence matched to anybody, and that would be, you know, the hair samples, the fingerprints, all that stuff. He had no known enemies, anything like that. So there was no solid suspects or leads whatsoever. The case went cold for a long, long time. In November of 2011, this case was reopened. And by 2015, the cops used new technology to test the evidence again and got absolutely no new info out of it. Some of the things you have to remember is that with the wallet and the belt buckle, you know, and the clothes being missing, someone might have trophies. And when you have an old belt buckle or a wallet with Masonic symbols, that's very noticeable. And the authorities also said that he was not murdered where he was found. This was a straight up body dump. And this might explain the time frame between when he was last seen to when his body was found because you have a time frame there of like 18 hours that nobody knows what happened. Authorities do believe it was someone from the Maysville area who might be capable of some kind of crime, you know, to this extent, like a murder just beating the fuck out of somebody, right? So they were thinking that someone might have had a vendetta because of his activities in Maysville. But like I said, there were no solid suspects or leads, and there is still a $20,000 reward out for information leading to this person's arrest or these people's arrest. Now, I will say in 2012, uh, I believe it's the Maysville Ledger, did a great article on this, like all the details you need. And there's also an episode of Unsolved Mysteries that you can watch that they highlight this, this case as well. So a little bit of information for you there. Now, before I give you some additional info and theories, we do have to stop and take a word from our sponsor. You can either hit that fast forward button or go get yourself a drink and I'll meet you right back here in a few minutes. 
This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. I spend all day looking into unsolved crimes, historical figures, sometimes paranormal stuff, and every now and then I need a break from all of that. So when I need a mental palate cleanser, I play Best Fiends. It's a really fun, casual game that you can play right on your phone, and any age can play. I play it with my kids sometimes. It's fun for me because it's challenging, and there's so many characters with new levels and events coming out every month that it never gets old, even if I have a couple of hours to kill or if I have a spare 15 minutes. And one of the best things is you don't need the internet to play. The colors are amazing and definitely keep your attention. All these characters can power up and get better abilities, and you try to match which of those characters are best for each level. You can see your rank against your friends too. I'm up to level 150, and it's so fun it really didn't take me long to get there. So engage your brain, collect all these characters, and start playing. With over 100 million downloads, this 5-star rated game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free in the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Alright, now let's step into some additional info and theories. We got the first theory, which is a very, very popular one. And that is a crime of passion. A lot of people think he might have been having an affair. His wife had never mentioned that he would bring flowers home. um, And he would make a lot of service calls to women who are home alone during the day. So he had an opportunity to probably meet a lot of people. Now he went to this flower shop. Had a regular girl that supposedly knew the flowers he liked to buy. Or at least that's what he said. Even though the cops think that his death has something to do with his activities in Maysville, Kentucky, they looked into this theory and found absolutely no evidence of an affair. Now, like I said, Perman was a pretty decent-sized guy. He was 6'2", 200 pounds. So unless somebody's going to beat this dude with like a bat or a board or something of that nature, he's more than likely going to put up a fairly good fight. And even then, after he dies, you're probably going to need more than one guy to move that fucking body. So me personally, I'm thinking we need more than one person involved here in order to get this guy out of town, move the body, or even beat the hell out of him, whatever the case is. I know that's a very popular one with a lot of people. I read a couple Reddit threads or something about it, and they were like, oh, I'm I'm sold on this. And it's like, "Eh, I'm not really sold on that. You know, there's not too much more information designated for that particular theory. Now, these two next theories are pretty much related. I mean, vaguely related. And it is the organized crime and drugs theory. One thing you need to know about Perman Gilbert, he was a licensed pilot. He had his own plane and he had his own landing strip on his property. And his wife had said that he had been approached before about using his plane to transport drugs. And he told her that basically the plan that he was approached with would be he would fly to a certain airport. When he landed, he would get off the plane for a little bit, you know, go get something to drink, a cup of coffee or whatever. And he would return to leave and there would be money waiting for him either under his seat or on the passenger seat, whatever the case is. 
Now, he told his wife that he had turned down this offer several times. And this kind of bleeds into the organized crime theory. Now, even though Perman was a well-liked guy, had no enemies, no criminal record, his younger brother Vernon Gilbert was not really the same scenario. He was 12 years younger, and he was in and out of trouble a lot. Three months before Perman was murdered, his brother had to come in from California to testify in front of a federal grand jury in Cincinnati because he was a witness in an organized crime case. Perman was not allowed to know anything about this case, but they suggest that it was more than likely related to drugs. Now, he was not even allowed inside the courtroom. It was closed to the public, but he still went to Cincinnati with his brother to support him. Now, while he was waiting for his brother to get done testifying and all this shit, Perman decides to just go walk around downtown Cincinnati and just kill some time. He later told his family when he got back home that it seemed like he was being followed around by a big guy who he didn't know, some unidentified male. That brings up the theory, was he possibly murdered as payback for his brother testifying, or was he murdered in order to lure his brother out of hiding or wherever he was from so that Vernon Gilbert, his brother, would come back for the funeral. The kicker is, even though him and his brother were close, uh, his brother never did come back for this funeral, which is, you know, a little bit odd. So, literally, this is all the information we have on this case. This is a little bit shorter of an episode, but still a pretty interesting one. And when you consider the theories, like I said, you have to consider the long time between him last being seen alive, officially, and the time of his death. You have an almost an 18-hour span right there. What happened within that time frame? Now, I will throw a little bit of, <laughs> you know, some, some mafia knowledge. I'm a mafia nut. We all know that. So, when it comes to gangsters killing people, okay, they like to use revolvers. And they like to use revolvers because they don't leave any shell casings behind. And a favorite pistol of a lot of gangsters, even probably still today, is smaller caliber pistols. Because instead of it going through and through you, in and out, clean shot, you know, you can you can survive those a lot better than a smaller caliber bullet going inside and bouncing off of your bones and literally just shredding up your insides as it's going around. We don't have any further information from an autopsy or anything like that, so I'm not sure any of those extreme details, but we do know that it was a 38 caliber weapon, more than likely probably a little gutbuster revolver. On that note, I really don't see any organized crime people killing him for turning them down on drug runs with his plane because in all actuality they know he's probably going to tell his family and that's just going to draw more attention to them now it is curious with his brother uh, I do personally think that has something to do with his death whether he was killed to lure his brother back into town or whether it was retribution for his brother testifying but like I said we don't know the details of that 
witness testimony you know in front of a federal grand jury in cincinnati we don't know any of the details so we don't even know if it's drug related that's just pure speculation so that should also be known but that is pretty much all i got for you i do hope you enjoyed the episode uh, it's definitely an interesting one. It's one you need to think about, and it's still open. Like, cops are still actively working this case. So if you have any information, you know, you might want to get hold of those uh, authorities around Ohio because, like I said, there is still a $20,000 reward for information leading to the arrest. And I know the authorities are hoping that, you know, maybe the people involved have died and then there's people who have information that would be willing to come forward now. So, you know, that's always a possibility. It's not unheard of at all. So, if you want to, you can hang around, listen to some reviews. If not, the next episode is going to be Alicia Navarro. Uh, it is a very well-known case here recently. I usually don't cover big-name cases like that. But um, I'm doing it as a favor to a friend, and it does need some exposure. So I'm going to be covering that. Man, I, we got all kinds of stuff coming up here in the future, too. Like, some pretty fun stuff. You guys are really going to dig it. And I was going to ask, too. I'm going to let you guys vote. Like, I wanted to take a poll in the group, but I'm going to leave it up to all you listeners. Uh, I got requested to do an episode on Pretty Boy Floyd. Another gangster episode, which obviously you guys know I'm into that shit. But then I got asked to do an episode on Dutch Schultz as well, who was another gangster back in the day, and supposedly a gangster who hid a bunch of money that they never found. So, blow up these five-star reviews, let me know which one you want to hear. Don't get me wrong, I have a few episodes coming before all that, you know. This will probably be like a, like a summertime series. And uh, ways to get a hold of me, you can always email me, justin.mcpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow my Instagram, mysterious underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, podcastmc. Yeah, that's about pretty much it. I got a Facebook page. You can like that. But anyway, if you want to hear some reviews, you can stick around. If not, I will see you find folks on the flip side. Let's hit up America here. What do we got in the U.S. of A? We got five stars from Kristen Stolnicker. Hope I pronounced your last name right. It says, five stars, love it. Just started listening and I've already listened to four episodes today. Love the content and the laid back feel of the whole podcast. Subscribed and will definitely continue listening. Well, I'm really glad that uh, <laughs> you picked some good episodes to listen to. But no, in all seriousness... Thank you very much. I hope you enjoy the backlog. You know, we got a bunch of bunch of episodes, so I'm glad you found the podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you for taking the time to leave that review. Next one we got is five stars from Steffi G2020. Says, glad I found it. I stumbled across your podcast on Instagram and decided it looked interesting. It's definitely that and more. Great job. Thumbs up emoji. Thank you very much, Steffi G. And... Yeah, Instagram's pretty cool about that shit sometimes. Uh, I'm glad I can find some 
some new listeners that way, and I'm glad you like it. Hopefully you're still liking uh, some of the episodes and stuff. It's hit or miss, I ain't gonna lie. Some episodes are better than others, you know, especially my older ones. By the way, I just hit my five-year anniversary about a week ago. Yeah, thanks. Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, but yeah, not really a big deal. I know my shit says 2017, but that's actually when I joined a network and had to change my feed. Been doing this shit since 2016. And, you know, some days are better than others. But anyway, Steffi, thank you very much. Appreciate you. Next what we got five stars reviewing for USA. It says I love Jason's voice, but I'm still going to accept that because it's a five star. Love it. Says, uh, awesome way of telling stories without throwing his own opinion into it. I usually don't throw my opinion in there. I just give you guys the facts. Thank you very much. Uh, this one is, uh, four stars. Says Janie, man, fuck, Janie Sia. Maybe that's one word. Janie Sia. I don't know. I'm a fucking idiot. I probably said it wrong and I'm sorry. But it says, uh, night parter. It is such a great time to get ready for bed and get ready to turn my podcasts on. I don't go to sleep without you ever. Sometimes I listen to certain podcasts more than once for uh, some for some more than that. But listening to your voice every night helps me calm down, relax, and get ready for my night. Couldn't do without you. When you have your conspiracy episodes, I'd like to see more of those, but you're an A+. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I always hear that because uh, I don't listen to my episodes really, uh, but I, and I hate my own voice. So a lot of people are like, nah, man, you got a pretty soothing voice. So I appreciate that. And you are actually in luck because I don't know if you consider it a conspiracy or not, but this summer I'm going to take the deep dive. It's going to be probably a four part episode or some shit, but I'm going to tackle the JFK assassination so that one is going to be a big one dude and um as you guys know i'm gonna do the deep dive and give you guys all kinds of crazy ass information and i'm pretty sure i'm not a hundred percent i'm pretty sure my buddy deputy x who has co-hosted with episodes with me and um you know i've done amas with him and shit i think he's gonna be co-hosting those episodes with me because uh, he's a really heavy into that too so that should be pretty fun should be a pretty good series so i don't know if you consider it conspiracy but i'm sure you'll enjoy that all right next one we got uh five stars kls 85 says so good uh found him out via tiktok and so happy i did he is so thorough and has a great smooth voice I enjoy just having this play on my drive to work uh, an hour each way and makes the drive so much better. It's not like the others that I listen to with a lot of banter and politics and the true crime podcast, which is great sometimes, but it's like a breath of fresh air. It's perfect when you just want to get the story and know about the story. Uh, you can tell he really cares about the stories he is telling. Give it a try and I bet you will love it too. 
thank you very, very much. And <laughs> I actually posted in my Facebook group uh, about that exact thing. I, I just, I was being a dick, man. I was, I just posted in there. I was like, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all those true crime podcasts who always talk about politics because I've gained so many fucking listeners <laughs> because I don't. It really has no place in anything that I cover. So uh, I think all politicians are fucking trash. So there's that, you know, I'm not gonna, has nothing to do with anything that I talk about. So thank you very much for noticing that. And I fucking appreciate that. Thank you. Um, next one, we got five stars. Paranormal 56 says, love this. I accidentally came across this podcast. I love it. I love the stories. I like the way you keep it real, Justin. I can't wait to listen to all your stories. Please keep them coming. As a fellow podcaster myself, you have my full support. Paul Dixon, co-host of Experiences of the Unknown. I reached out to him and asked him if he wanted to work together on a uh, an episode sometime. So, you know, that might be coming up. So yeah, go check out his podcast, Experiences of the Unknown. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that, man. Um, what do we got here? This one's five stars. Dale Cinco, y'all are my kind of people. I'm definitely a newbie to this podcast. Stumbled on it by total accident, but it quickly became my daily staple. Just to make sure to cover the things that haven't been heard before and is sure to give a voice uh, for those who need it most. Aside from the great content, the Facebook group is super active and a lot of fun to be a part of. Bantering with everyone, Justin included, is like hanging out with old friends. 12 out of 10, could not recommend more. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, Facebook group is always pretty fun. I only have two or three rules, one of which is no fucking politics. Second one is don't be an asshole, be nice to people, you know, respect people. But yeah, other than that, you know, we all have a good time. A lot of a lot of shit posting of memes and articles and stuff like that in there. So next one is five stars. Sand Trooper Mick, great podcast. Have been listening to podcasts for about a year now, and was listening to Dark Windows podcast episode about Travis Walton, and subscribed to Mysterious Circumstances. Definitely a must-have podcast. Love the episodes and the creepy vibe you put off and the stories you tell. Keep up the good work, man. Looking forward to future episodes. Well, thank you, man. I'm looking forward to future episodes, too. And, of course, if you guys haven't listened to Dark Windows Podcast, those are my good buddies, Kevin and Kevin. Um, two awesome, awesome dudes. Hopefully, we might be working on something again together here soon. But, yeah, thank you very much for, for leaving that review. Next one we got is from the UK. We got five stars. It says, Boy One Boo. Super intrigue. Justin has developed an easy listening style with solid research backing his stories. A great listen. He always brings incredible tales to the table. Dude, it's much appreciated. And thank you so much for that. Okay, let's move to Australia. Five stars from Harry Harbord Morant. Five stars, um, says really enjoy the Western stuff. Well, I'm glad you like the Western stuff. I might have some shit coming up here pretty soon. And if it's not on Blood and Dust, my one of my other podcasts, which has been inactive for a fucking really long time, which I might have to be doing solo, I'm not sure yet. But uh, either way, I'm going to figure out something here pretty soon either way, so... 
yeah, other than that, we have nothing new from Canada. So with all that behind us, that's all we get. And I will see you folks later.